learning a little Neymarim. Had a visit to the place that we left off last last year. Shem <clears throat> tried to learn a few Mamarim. Hopefully, we'll be able to return to what we were learning before. So we are when Parak Tazayin. The top of page Lamed Tess. Top of page Lamed Tess. Ayonah Yeshua. You remember at the end last week, Yaakamoshe was explaining how when Golas when Golas is in full force. The mora, the bitterness, is swallowed without it being tasted. And bolam mora loyot says, we spoke about last week, when you swallow the mora, the bitterness, and you don't even feel that it's bitter. You don't even feel the bitterness of what Golis is and being far from Yisrael, being far from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, being far from Nevuah, from the Sanhedrin, from all that really is ours. In that matzav, in that massive, there's very, very little, there's very little or there's very little light. The beginning of Geula, as we learned last week, it doesn't bring it here, but it's a famous teaching that I mentioned from the Chedush HaRim, Svasamas, where it says, in Torah, When you begin to feel that Golas is unbearable, when Am Yisrael begins to feel that it's something which is intolerable, can't go on, it's unbearable. That is a simon that in Pneumius, in Pneumius, Golas is already winding down. It's the beginning of the end of Golas. When the, <coughs> that his iris of a strong rotson to leave Golas, which brings with it a terrible feeling of, 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 of the bitterness of Golas. Therefore, when we were in Mitzrayim, we were Avodim in Mitzrayim, Rabbi Yaakov Moshe explains, we don't see that all of the years that we were in Mitzrayim, that we were screaming, that we were crying out, don't see anything like that. Only at the beginning of Sefer Shemais, when the time has come for Geula, that's around the top of Islamitess, so we began to cry, we began, we began to scream out because of the avodas. Now on the outside, it looks like just the slavery, the, the, the slavery became, became unbearable, the harshness of the slavery. Rabbi Yaakov Moshe explains, That's what this entire Torah is about, that only when there's, a, only when, we reach a point of Helen, of complete Helen. Is that does that begin the movement towards Gilui, towards Revelation? When that concealment has become when that concealment has become so complete, so strong, so overwhelming. That really Rabbi Akamisha said is that Sadha Mahshir is that Sadha Mahshir is that which prepares for the Gilui, like the seed, he said at the beginning of the Torah, 
that's planted in the ground, and there cannot be any tzmicha. There cannot be anything that grows without there first being that helim that leads to the erosion, to the, to, to the disintegration of the seed. So he says, That which is makshir, the gilui, that which really is the preparation, the beginning, the first signs of revelation, is helim gomur, is the darkest helim, like the darkest, like the Mars is the darkest part of the night is as it comes to the end. The way that the seed rots and disintegrates in the earth. Therefore, the helim is so deep. That's the inin of Chanukah. Chanukah is choyshech. So vavav choyshech al pnei sahayim. And choyshech shech shecha malchus yovin they name she Yisrael because they are When the choyshech becomes, the helim becomes kol kach amayik so deep. Ad she'enam agishem klal afilu b'chveid Hashem. When it reaches a point where where Jews don't even feel anymore. Kavod Hashem meaning they don't even feel the chilasha. They've gotten so used to the darkness. They've gotten so used to the emptiness that it doesn't bother them anymore. That's really Anochi Haster Astir Panai. That's the that's the Hastar, the double Hastar that the Bashan of Akkad spoke about. That we don't even feel the Hastar Panam. Anochi Haster Astir Panai Yomo. That even the Hester is Bastar. That we don't even feel that there's a Hastar. Achinam Agishim Klal Afil Bechvayd Hashem. Ain Magishim Klal Bechvayd Hashem. Until the point that people Bechlal Jews don't feel the covenant of Hashem. So the seed needs to rot, to deteriorate, to such a point. <coughs> and at that point, when the gilui begins to be misayra, when it comes to that point of absolute darkness before the morning, when the seed gives up its last little piece of existence in the ground, and there's... And the time of the Gilui, the time where things are now turning in the other direction and the Gilui has started. When there's a little bit, a little bit of Hisairus in that state of concealment, in that state of Helem, like in Israel's from that described the, the screaming of the, of the seed as it's about to lose its existence. It screams, it cries out. In the winter, when everything everything is dying, and the plants, the Isbitsa says, are crying out, they're screaming. There's a helam, a little bit of hisiris besoycha helam. Then what happens? What's the sign of that hisiris? Maschilim lahargish tsar naira. Then there's a feeling of tremendous tsar. All of a sudden, you begin to realize. That Golis is a terrible chalasha. That slavery is something which is completely unbecoming the Jewish people. It's ridiculous that we're slaves. It's ridiculous that we're living this way. And even though in, in our Golis now, Baruch Hashem, we're not slaves, but what's happened to us and the way that we talk and the way that we act and the way that we live and the things that we look at, the things that we think about, begin to hurt. 
begin to hurt. So even though, on the one hand, you're feeling like you're in the lowest place because you become sensitive to the pain, but like Rav Kook writes in the Urza Tshuva, the beginning of Tshuva means that it's starting to hurt you. It means you get, you're coming back to health. When a person is so sick that he doesn't feel the pain, he's, he's in such a state of complete paralysis, it doesn't even bother him. So the doctor keeps on coming to check and gives a little bit of thing with a needle on the, uh, on the, person's, on the person's toe. And when the person goes, ay, when it hurts him, so everybody in the room starts to clap. So somebody who would be watching this from the side would say, this is a crazy place where they, they're hurting this guy, they're, 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 they're sticking a needle into his toe, and he gives a scream, and he's, he's crying, and everybody's clapping, the whole family. Is, the family's crying from joy, and everybody starts, comes over, and they start hugging him. We had this, my, uh, my mishpach, my brother-in-law, this, this past summer that he had a stroke, and he lost everything, one side of his body completely. And the simcha, the simcha, the simcha, when it started to hurt again, the simcha, when he began to feel the pain, it means that he's still alive. And it means that he's coming back to life and there's hope for life because it hurts him. It hurts him. The worst thing, the darkest, darkest time of Golas is when Bechlal doesn't hurt you. When that's, what, that's what we learned last week. Bola Mara, you just swallow the Mara and you, and you just take it. That's it. You're not angry. You're not bitter. There's no rage. There's no fight against Golas. You just have surrendered to Golas. Obviously, we're talking about this on a national level, Am Yisrael, on a national level, and then privately in each person's life. It's the same. It's the same thing. But when it's time, when that when that gullus is winding down, even though right now it's it, it's at the it's at the worst point. But but there's some sort of his in the Helen. There's some sort of an awakening in that concealment, in that state of concealment. Then the symptoms begin to surface. And there's a feeling of tsar noira, tremendous tsar, tremendous anguish. And it didn't bother you before. They can stick any pin they wanted. They stick the pin in your, in your eyes, in your ears, in your toes. It didn't hurt because you were paralyzed. Bechlau were not able to feel that girl is bothered. It didn't bother you. It didn't bother you. The, somebody was once uh, talking, or I don't know if it was to the Satmarov or about the Satmarov, then asking why is it that he's, why is it that the old Rabbi Yolus, who's going to, why is it that he's always screaming about this thing and that thing, and Chil Shabbos, and, and he's always screaming and yelling and carrying on about, about uh, the inyan that bothered him in, in, in Yiddishkeit that weren't working out. So there's something I've said that when something hurts you, you scream. It hurts. Eov didn't scream. Eov was there, and he was one of the Yoatzim, he was one of the advisors of Paro, and as you know, he didn't scream. And because of that, later on in his life, he screamed a lot. But Bishas Maisi, he didn't scream. He was able to see the Jews suffering, and he didn't scream. And the only thing that's worse than that is when you see yourself suffering, and you don't even scream. That's not at Sitkas. It's not at Sitkas. It means that you. That means that you've given up. You don't have a. You don't. You, you. You've shut down to such a degree that you don't even feel the pain. And Mimela, if you don't feel the pain, then there's no tefillah. Like the Meshulach says that when a person dies, everybody walks away from the funeral, and and they've given up because in this world, before Tchisam nobody is screaming and crying that the dead person should be able to get up from the grave. 
Everybody just walks away. They, they say, Kaddish, Kalmalay, and finished. There's no tzorka, there's no scream, there's no cry. That's a simon that something is fine. The is says that, that there's a part of the person, that, even in the grave, of course, that's crying. And, and from that will come to Yisemes. The luz, that part of the body that never dies. There's a part of a Jew that doesn't die in the grave. Ulam luz, shem ha'ir l'rishayna. It's hinted at now, the parish. Luz, the city of luz, the koach of the luz. That even in the grave, there's a cry for life. But the people who are at the funeral, they don't feel that at all. By them, when they walk away, by the steam of Sagarlo, they close up the grave, and, that, and that's it. There's nothing. There's no, there's no point in davening. Are we going to stand there and daven? If anybody would stand there and daven for, for the person to come stand up, they, they, they'd never, they would take him to the hospital. He's out of his mind. Because it's, it's complete yeish. At that point, there's no hope. There's no hope. But, it, but as long as there's a feeling, as long as there's something that hurts, as long as... As long as the tzar is there, as long as the suffering, the pain is there, that means that it's the beginning of Gaula. Because when Gaulus is when Gaulus is is, is in, in its strongest state, you you don't feel you don't feel the pain. It's like like we learned at the beginning in the Maimer of Hakitzeran that. Like the Gros says that the Bnei Yisrael, Am Yisrael and Gaulus, like 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 a person who's dead. A dead person doesn't feel any pain. When you're alive, it hurts. You have marriages that they died many, many years before, and they're not, they're not, they're not complaining, they're not even yelling at each other anymore. They've stopped that. They stopped it like 40 years ago. They stopped yelling at each other. In the beginning, it was Labadik. In the beginning, they were screaming and yelling. But at some point, they gave up on the marriage. Whatever it is, in the old days, they didn't get divorced. Nowadays, the people get divorced first. But in the old days, they didn't get divorced. So they lived for 40, 50, 60 years like that. didn't hurt anymore. In the beginning it hurt. Because in the beginning there were expectations that it would work out. They were hoping, they were davening that it would work out. And that's why it still hurt. But when it stopped hurting, when it stopped hurting, it meant that, the, it meant that there, was no, there was no hope for any geula. That's why it stopped hurting. It just give up. So the simon of this chalta de geula, the beginning of redemption, the simon of that with Am Yisrael and, and with the individual is maschilim lahargis tsar noira. You begin to feel terrible, terrible tsar. Tremendous tsar. Shuroz heishtoikikus legilui sheim Hashem. Now, even though when we were Mitzrayim, in the beginning it says, Vayanchu b'nei Yisrael min ha'avoida, Vayizaku v'tal shavosm alokim min ha'avoida, so it only looked like we were crying not because of Golas, not because we were far from Hashem, not because of Kavad Hashem, not because of Chil Hashem of being slaves, but just it was a, the slavery got too bad, it got too rough, it was just too hard for us. That's what it says, Vatal Shavasim Elokim Min However, Rabbi Yaakov Meish explains that when that Tsar, at the beginning when we feel that Tsar, Shuraz, which is the mystery, the secret of the Eshtaikikus Lagilu Shem Hashem, Really, the f- that feeling of pain is the secret of the longing for Gilui Shem Hashem, for Kovet Hashem, for Etzisor, for Amunah, for everything, for Mashiach. Umibnei zehis eira ha'anocha ha'sheveris gufa shal'odam. 
And that's why there was this krechs, this sigh from, from pain. And, and like Chazal says, Shaveris Ananacha, that krechs is Shaveris Gufashalim, it breaks the person. Vim Kim Bibachutz, Hayinid Makilo Shavosim, Hibishvil Hakeavim Vahamiriros. Now, on the outside, it, it seems as if the, the sighing and the krechsing and the crying and the pain is because of what? It's because they're being beaten by the Egyptians. It's just a physical thing. That's what it looks like on the outside. But that's only because of the helm of Golas. That it still at that point looks like it's just a matter of the difficulties of slavery. However, the Gula is already, the, the light of Gula had already started to appear. But the MS is, it's Vatal Shavosam Ela Elokim Min Ha'avayda. Because Rabbi Yashabir, the Rav, points out how when you look at the beginning of Sefer Shmais, it doesn't look like davening. It's Vayayonchu, Vayazaku. We don't find at the beginning of Sefer Shmais, Vayaspalu. We don't find davening. It doesn't say that to whom. It just says we're screaming. And the Pasuk says, It doesn't say, doesn't say we're screaming to Hashem. It just says, Because we being, we're being beaten. But then the Pasuk says, But their crying went up to Hashem. And the Swarm say, because only Yerush Baruch Hu was able to interpret, to understand that really, really, what the, what what was hurting them most was not the was not the 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 the, the whip on the uh, on the back it was getting beaten. That's not what hurt them most. What was what was hurting them most was the chilashav that the children of Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov have become have become such people that were that that the children of Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov are are slaves. And they began to taste the mur. They began to taste the mur. They couldn't interpret that yet. What is that taste? So they felt it like, the, they felt it as the pain and, and, and as the degradation of the whipping, of the beatings. But Hashem, Hashem heard that. So even though it doesn't say that they davened Hashem, it just says, they were screaming. It doesn't say like in other places at the Nacht. Like we say, according to the Baal Shem we say before Mincha on Friday, Vayitz'aku l'Hashem batzar l'Hem, right? Vayitz'aku from Tilm, Hoidu. Vayitz'aku l'Hashem batzar l'Hem. They cried out to Hashem batzar l'Hem. In the beginning of Shmos, it doesn't say that. It says, Vayitz'aku v'yanchu. It doesn't say they cried out El Hashem. It doesn't say that they, that they cried out to Hashem. It's just they were crying. And the Pashtun says, it was Minha Avaida from the slavery. But Vatal Shavosim... Elo Elokim min ha'avayda. Vatal shavosam elo Elokim min ha'avayda. But the screaming and the crying, crying rose up to Hashem. Meaning, HaKadosh Baruch Hu understood that they're really speaking to me. They don't know it yet. They're really trying to cry out to me, but they've been in this mess for so long that they don't know the vocabulary yet of tefillah. They don't know yet the malacha of tefillah. So at, at this point, it's, it's not yet... Vayitzaku b'nei Yisrael el Hashem. It doesn't say. Vayitzaku el Hashem batzar lam. It doesn't say. 
Therefore, Rabbi Yaakov says, "Lo hayis the elam mitzad ha'elam of a bipnimiusam hayisha shavasam elokim." But bipnimiusam, bipnimius, hayisha shavasam el ha'elokim. It was takarish baro. There are a lot of times in life that you and I are crying and we're screaming, and we don't put Hashem's name at, at, at the end of the sentence, but it, it's there. And Hashem is well here. Lamosha, sometimes after a person did something he feels very, very bad about. So he's not feeling good about himself. So then it could be a day or two later. He's not even thinking about the, the Aveira anymore. But he's having an argument with a friend, or he's having an argument with his wife. He starts to scream and get angry. So you don't think you don't think that's Minha Elokim? It's also Vayizaku and Vatal Shavosam Elokim. Even though in Chitzonius, the Helen of the Chitzonius is that he's, that he's angry with his friend, he's angry at his wife, and he's yelling at this person, he's angry at his kid. You know how many kids are walking around trying to figure out why the, why the father's yelling at them, why the mother's yelling at them? They don't understand. Not because they're dumb, because the father's not yelling at them. The father's got something else that's going on. He's angry, he's upset with himself. Something that he did wrong, something he shouldn't have done. Rav Cook writes, now he said, that the Vishayim are, f- are filled with anger. Filled with anger. They're always angry. And they always have an explanation. I'm angry because uh, I'm angry because the train didn't come on time. So you have people standing in the train station, kicking the concrete, uh, thing, screaming, the train didn't come on time. Or they're angry, they're angry because their wife didn't bring them supper on time. They're always screaming. The Vishayim are always yelling, always angry. The Vishayim, the Vishayim are angry at themselves. And the Rishoyim are, are, are very, very zebrochen because of what's become of the Elokus in their lives, what they've done to the Tzalem Elokim in their lives. So even though it, hurt, the, the, it hurts him and the pain that he's feeling is such that he's screaming and yelling at people, but that's not really... It's Vatal Shavosam El Elokim. Not that it's an excuse not allowed to yell at people, but Vatal Shavosam El Elokim. In Pneumius, in Pneumius, he's he's very, very, very broken over what he's done wrong. And Vatal Shavosam Elokim. Bechain Betsura Zutia, now Rabbi says things here. So, kinds of Giluyim and Ruhakaydish, you'll see. Bechain Betsura Zutia Gam Hagulha, I see the lava. And so he says it's going to be. With Mashiach, with the future Gaul. Yeah, come on, sir. Is it the same thing with non-Jews? The, 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 the Makor of their... No. no. Not from the, from the Klippist maze, the, the anger, the screaming, no. Not to say there isn't an Indian by a non-Jew to have, to have uh, a feeling of guilt and disappointment, but it's a, it's a completely different thing, and it could be, it could be, it could be just from the Sijah Ach from the other side, from the Klippist maze. With anything that we're learning, you could always ask a question about, so how does this play out in that world? But it's better to try to understand it in our world because it's hard enough to try to understand it in ourselves. So this is how it's going to be when Mashiach comes. Shabemeshech zman ha-golos, near lying, kilo shlimim Over the long years of golos, it appears to the eye, kilo, what? Kilo shlimim ha-golos. We came to terms with the golos. We came to terms with it. Okay. Person's making a, the nexus extension on his house, buying his married kids uh, a house. 
And when it comes to his own gullus, that he's come to terms with the Averis that he's done, there's the gullus that he's in. The truth is, it's only Ki'ilu Hishlima Gorlis. Because of the Hashpa of Gorlis, that really, really, Gorlis is only to pave the way for Geula. I mean, no, that the ultimate Gilui, the ultimate revelation of Mashiach, has to run its course through concealment, through the seed disintegrating in the ground. To such a point that it looks like we already accept goals. That we accept. So you say, you know, you say the you say Mashiach will come and Mashiach will come. I remember years ago when the after after Lubavitch Rabbi when there was Nifter and already there was beginning that Indian among some of the people there, some of the Khavi there that that uh, he's really alive so that so it happened that I was in I was in Crown Heights and I was in I was in the store and uh, I went to buy Tal's cotton, it's just in the store. And there was a young chassid that was yelling at the proprietor of the store uh, that that uh, something that it wasn't ready. I don't know if it was mezuzahs or something. But they weren't they weren't ready. They weren't ready. And 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 he screamed. He was so angry and screaming. So the, the old chassid just gave a krechs, and he turned on the side, and he said, and Yiddish under his breath, he said, he said, this is how a person with Mashiach, this is how a person behaves with Mashiach, so he he's not embarrassed, Mashiach, Mashiach, is not embarrassed. He was making fun a little bit. He was saying that, you could talk about Mashiach from Hyper's Morgan, Mashiach, Mashiach is here, Mashiach is coming, all of that. You could talk about it, but if deep inside of you, you've given up on Mashiach, then you stop asking for Mashiach. But that's not the first sign. You stop working on yourself. You stop preparing for Mashiach. It doesn't, you don't care. You just accept your matzav of golos. But the Babish Rebbe said we can't let go. We have to scream for Gula. We have to scream for Gula. We have to scream for Tshuva, Fidig Rebbe, and scream for Gula, for redemption. Not to, not to accept golos. But not accepting Golas doesn't only mean that there's this thing, Mashiach, that he's going to come to take Am Yisrael out of Golas. It means with yourself not to, not to stop screaming. With yourself not to give up. Yeah. Has this fitting with the, you know, that Geula only comes when we're Miyayish? No, so that's, that's something. It's, it says, Mashiach Das when Not, not Yeish Chas Hashem. That, that, we'll talk more about Hesach Das, what that means. But not to be misyayish. Hesachadas is a distraction. It doesn't mean, God forbid, to be, to be misyayish. Ulam besoif ayomim, kshagula emedis, lot seis men hahel melagilui. At the end of days, Rabbi Akimashi says, when gula, when redemption is ready to emerge from concealment, when the time is coming for Mashiach, boichlam agolas, the Jews, Jews will become fed up with, disgusted. They'll begin to abhor gulas. They'll lose their taste for gulas. Even on the outside, that disgust with Golas comes in all kinds of funny, dark, and confusing ways that people are sick and tired of the life of the life that they're in. They're sick and tired of the status quo of their lives. 
really they're sick of girls. But it doesn't necessarily come out in that way. It comes out in all kinds of strange and dark ways. But me bifnim he kula lasha. On the inside, in Pneumius, he kula lasha. It's completely lasha. Because deep inside, deep inside, Nishmas Yisrael can't bear anymore the Chil Hashem. Nishmas the Nisham Nishmas Yisrael can't bear anymore the Chil Hashem. Chil Kvayd Now on the outside, it could be he's just he's sick and tired of Obama, and he and he and he figures I can't take this country anymore. What's happened to this country? And even if he's in Etzisrael, he's sick and tired of, uh, uh, of the gullus of the Erev in Etzisrael, but the, whatever that is, that uh, who are running the show over there. And he's sick and tired of that. And he's angry and he's upset. With, uh, and in his mind, the mind of the person that's here in New York, if, if only, if only the next election would already be here and Obama will be out, even though it looks like it's probably going to just be Clinton afterwards anyway. But let's say Obama would be out. Then the person says, then life will be good. Then I don't need to go to Israel. I like the Maisa with the Tzaddik that I, I think I once told you. They say, they say from, from Kuzan Samagi, from, from the Rebbe Bunma, I don't remember. I don't remember. But there was a, it's a whole story, but there was a yid that, there was a, this yid that came. I, I think I told you a few months ago, a few, that came to, to the Tzaddik and said, you know how it's it's hard, and uh, what he has over here, and, you know, in the shtetl was very bad, and so on. And uh, and the rabbi said to him, "We have to get ready. We're all gonna soon. We're gonna go up together to Yerushalayim, Gula, and so on." And the rabbi said, "You you you're ready? You want to come?" He says, I, "I have to ask my wife. I don't know. I have to ask my wife." So he went back to ask his wife. And he came to the rabbi. He says, "No." So he said, "My wife said that we just we just married off our last kid." And we finally, you know, we, we, it's a little bit easier on us with the Panasa, and we're, we have our little home, whatever, this little hut that they had, and uh, and uh, it's good, it's okay. We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't need to go anywhere. So the Rebbe said, yeah, but what about the Cossacks and the pogroms? What about the Cossacks? So he said, let me ask my wife about that. So he goes, and he comes back, and the Rebbe said, no. So what about the what about the Cossacks? So, so my wife said, send the Cossacks to Yerushalayim. We're gonna we'll stay here. It's okay here. Send the Cossacks to Yerushalayim. When a person is when a person can't identify, what is it that's causing him to feel like Rabbi Yaakov Moshe says? You can't find a place for yourself. I don't like it. I don't like it in in. Uh, I don't like it in in Queens. But if I move to Passaic, I don't like it in Passaic. If I move to Muncie, I don't like it in Muncie. If I move to the Five Towns, I move to Five Towns. If I, if I move to Brooklyn, I move to Brooklyn. Like or maybe if I move to Elon Shoot, if I move to to Neve Daniel or something. So there, but there's a bit of good. But the bottom line is that a person is in a mitzvah The Indian is not to find your place, to feel that you just don't belong. When Jews are going to begin to feel that it's just they don't belong. And that feeling can come out in many dark ways. Like I said before, it can come out in all kinds of ways. I'm sick and tired of my profession. I can't stand my profession. So what do you want to do? Can't find himself. And 
and we'll never find a place for ourselves until Hashem establishes Yerushalayim and brings us back. It's only when that when that kedusha will be revealed and Yerushalayim will be Yerushalayim will be the will be the glory of our lives. But this but this this inging of not being able to find a mokum la'atzma. Just think about just think for a minute about how many times in an average day a person's finger is looking for places on the on the iPod or the iPad or the iPhone. And any say mokum doesn't find his mokum. Know, it sounds like a stupid thing. But the Indian of the Indian of going of uh, that there never was in the history of, of mankind such a thing that a person goes like that, seeing a thousand they even call it websites, places. He sees a thousand places in a day. And every now and then he touches one and the lights up. And then he's not satisfied with that. In a might say mokum la a person doesn't have a mokum. Here we have a time where everybody has well Hashem, not everybody, but people for the most part are able to have nice, comfortable homes. And you would say, here, Baruch HaMokam, Baruch You have a Mokam. You have a Mokam. And he sits there the whole day in his Mokam. He can't even enjoy going to the backyard or going to the couch. He doesn't even enjoy, he has a pool, he has a tennis court, he doesn't enjoy. He sits the whole time. He sits the whole time looking for a Mokam. He doesn't have a Mokam. It, it, it's, it's, it's the scariest thing. If you think about it, it's a Pach. He doesn't have a Mokam. And it might say Mokam out some... Now, since we know that the, we know from the Gro and from the Svarma that the way there's Galus of Mashiach, the way there's Galus of Gula will begin is B'dach HaTava. Kima Kima, B'dach HaTava, not with miracles, but in a natural in a natural way, things will begin to change. But it's in Teva that the Shem Hashem, that Sino, that conduit, that path that leads to Gilui Hamiti, Shem Hashem, which is the Indian of, of, of Purim, is Aideha Teva. Because the whole point of this world is that Hashem's name should be revealed in Teva, in the physical world, not by Malachim and the Shomis, not miraculous, in Teva, right? In this physical world. So that's the Gilead of Hashem in this world is B'Teva. Maybe at some, at some later stage of Gula there'll be miracles and so on, but the the Gilu is a Gilu of the Shem Hashem in this world. Therefore, in the beginning, the redemption will the redemption will begin to come in a way of Teva. In a way of Teva. Not not on not physically on wings, ingles flying into Israel. In a way of Teva. Shiavo Yisrael, now how's that going to play itself out? So Yakimah says, the Jews are going to come. And Jews are going to come, they're going to ask the Goyim. Listen to this. Jews are going to come, they're going to ask the Goyim, they're going to ask the nations of the world, called the United Nations, they'll ask the nations of the world, that we should also have our Chelek in the world. We need a Mokam. We need a place. 
that you should give us back our country. Rabbi Yaakov lived during that Hisayus. To give us back our land. So we're going to have to go. We're going to go in the beginning. I have to ask the Goyim for it. But it's Mislabish and Teva. And Teva means diplomacy and uh, wars and then snoring from the leaders of the world a place for Jews. Even when the President of the United States gave some years ago that disgusting speech in Cairo, which is will be shown to be the biggest bush and cherpa that, that, that any President ever spoke about, and he spoke about it, us and about it's a soul, bush and a cherpa, that even 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 then, you remember the cherpa of what he said is that to recognize that after the Holocaust the Jews deserve a place to live. That was his that was his hasoge of Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael. Is it's a on the on these poor schlubs. Throw them a piece of you know throw them a throw them a little piece of land. Which and he also doesn't forgive us to build apartments in Yerushalayim. The same Obama, but throw them a little piece you know like to a dog because we need it because we went through a hard time. Not that it's our place. But it's Achmanis. It's Achmanis. After all, you know the Holocaust is a pretty nasty thing. So give him a, give him a, give him a thing. There's many of the many of the of the nations of the world. Their leaders talk this lush. So we're going to have to go in the beginning. Actually, says says in the beginning it's going to look like the nations of the world agree, and they'll give the Jews a place to stay. They'll officially ratify this and they'll agree to it, and the Jews will will have their place in Eretz But in order to come to the ultimate Gula, which is Hashem being revealed completely in Tava, that means that in this world to know that it's not because of America or, or England, it's not because of Russia or China that we have Eretz Yisrael and that, and that the time has come for Gula. So what's going to happen? Look at this. Yibagdu ha'amim b'Yisrael. The nations, the United Nations, and the nations of the world are going to turn against the Jewish people. They're going to retract the promise that they gave that Israel belongs to us. They're going to retract. They're going to, they're going to all of a sudden double speak and start to change the, the, what they're saying about the Jews' right to Israel. But in the end, they're anyway going to have to concede to Am Yisrael's request, to Am Yisrael's expectation and demand. And Rak Oz Yisgala. And only then will it be fully revealed that everything is God. Everything in this world is God. Not because, not because the, the, the Goyim were doing us a taiva. But everything and there is nothing, there's only God. In Teva, there's nothing, there's only God. No. It's a misfit to share such taiva with other Jews. If you, if you ever see another Jew someplace, it's a misfit to talk over this taiva with such to give chizik, and to and to and to and to be able to to be able to come to that place of Isairus that we're all beginning to feel that impatient, impatient and disgusted and excited and angry, all of these emotions that shouldn't chalila fall, the Yosher Ray come, it shouldn't chalila come to nothing, it should come to the Gulashim Hamitas Amen Vahamein.
Now, this is for tomorrow's year on Hashbar. I'm going to do one of them, but you can do it.